warmest of greetings to you and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching, where we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is... Hi, I'm Helen. I'm a teacher in Buckinghamshire, teaching uh, reception year one children at the moment. Hi, I'm Rob. Uh, I'm also teaching in Buckinghamshire and I am working with year four. And today we are exploring what maths we can teach with this week's folktale from the Ashanti tribe of West Africa, which you can listen to by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for The Spider Who Wanted to Tell Stories. There you can stream a video of me telling the story, get a copy as an ebook or paperback illustrated by the marvellous Mario Coelho, and even pick up some tips for telling the story yourself. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Helen and Rob, and I suppose also a Nancy here. Let's see what maths learning outcomes there are in this story. Helen, uh, what did you find in this tale? I found a couple of shape, space and measure links and then something around number. So to start with, I really liked the aspect of the story. It jumped out at me where there's the snake and the stick because that's an instant activity where you can look at length hmm. and comparing lengths. And in the earlier years, you're looking at language like longer, shorter, um, and then you do taller and tallest and shorter, shortest, all of that language. And so you've got a perfect opportunity here to to create some snakes, find some sticks outside. And to begin with, with the younger children, simply use that language, compare them, look at how to how to compare the length of the, the snakes and the sticks. And in the story, in the story, Anansi has to make sure that he ties the snake to the stick. He tricks the snake, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. But he says he has to tie it to measure accurately. So there's a good opportunity to look at accurate measurement, accurate mm-hmm. comparison of length. Um, and you can make snakes out of paper. I know um, previously I've made them out of, I've got the children making them out of like old tights and things. But however however in-depth you want to go with your snake making or like threading beads, and it, which is very good cross-curricular link, you know, fine, fine motor skills you're building there. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, you want to make the snakes. You've then got snakes and sticks and you can have a lovely time using mathematical language. And then as you go up into key stage one, and towards the end of reception, depending on your children, you can measure measure them more formally um, using cubes or rulers or however however you want to. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good mathematical activity. But still there. keeping a focus on the accuracy. So if you are going to measure them with cubes, they all have to be cubes of the same size. Yes, absolutely. And then I like the idea of using the wasps in the gourd as an opportunity for estimation. So I thought you could mm. have some... Um, different containers, then they couldn't be a gourd. They'd have to be see-through. Mm. Um, so that you fill them with wasps, whatever you've got around, marbles or stones or anything, um, or real wasps if you are so inclined. <laughs> but I wouldn't, <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend that one from a safety point of view or a wasp welfare point of view. Mm-hmm. But um, you fill, fill the jars and, and just get the children estimating because the children find that quite hard. They want to know the right answer. They they want to get it right. Mm. They want to count. So you have them in a jar with a lid on so they can't physically count them. They have to estimate. 
And you can do this during a lesson or you can have it going all week, a different jar each week for the children to estimate and then find out who's the closest any way you want to. Do you, when you're doing that, do you um, explore how to make your estimate as accurate as possible? Yes, I think you would do. I think part of it comes through the children just having a go and realising, maybe you pointing out to them, oh, that's quite close, that one's not, what does that tell you? Or Mm. I would generally, with the younger children, say, so do we think this is maybe more than 10 or fewer than 10? Give them a bit of guidance because it's it's quite a skill they need to practice because Mm. anyone that's asked a reception child to to take a guess has anywhere between 10 and 4,000. Um, so <laughs> it's a good way just to hone hone those skills in so they start to actually make the links between what they're seeing and a number. Hmm. It links quite well, I think, with one of the mathematical ways I've used this story. When I've um, used this story going into a school, I've used it to share the idea of volume. Um, And I often say that Anansi had a special number in his head, an almost magical number, this number of pi, which he knew that if he multiplied it by the bottom of the the gourd and the the height of the gourd um told him yes all of the wasps would fit into this gourd i think we're probably going up into the um 7 to 11 age range with that one am <laughs> i am i right rob possibly even above that as well really even above that yeah i think if you're thinking of using pi I, that might be secondary i think oh, i've used this in primary schools okay <laughs> Maybe maybe I shouldn't have been though. Maybe I lost shooting above their weight. How how would you um, uh, use this story then with that age range? Um, I would approach this um, thinking about um, multiplication and division, hmm. um, and uh, thinking a lot about it because uh, year four have got times tables tests. So I'm thinking of different ways that. Um, you can help children become secure in their knowledge of the facts. Um, and what I was thinking was that you could use the different elements of the story to to build up uh, information about your time tables. So I would I would approach it in a um, like an oral maths lesson. Say, okay, we're going to tell the story of the spider who wants to tell stories but we're going to include some multiplication questions in there so it could be for example um anansi had caught all of the wasps now we know that wasps have six legs and there are seven wasps in the gourd how many legs are there all together mm-hmm. things like that it could be um you can differentiate it per per child per year group per whatever times table you're looking at um you can look at the way that multiplication and division are linked so you could say there were 40 lily pads to get to the the deepest darkest pit that anansi had built and he stepped on each lily pad with only one of his legs how many so 40 divided by eight so i can't Uh quite think of what the question would be but it's a way of kind of teaching the children or getting the children to practice and revise them, but without saying, you need to learn your eight times table. Mm. It's putting it into a context which they're familiar with and they know and they've become embedded in the story themselves. So then to use that with it gives an extra layer. Absolutely. If I can just step in here and say a great way to to try this is to 
have those sort of questions being asked of Anansi. So these can be extra little challenges that maybe Nayambe is setting him on the way, or it could be some uh, questions or passwords that are requested from the wasps or from the snakes. Mm. Yeah. Um, because that way there is even less pressure on the children to get it right because it's a Nancy who's got to get the answer right, yeah. not them. Um, but at the same time, the desire to get it right, to help the hero of their story, of their creation, of their imagination, to, to help a Nancy to succeed that's what they are going to be wanting to do. So that's going to really give them uh, the, the motivation to, to revise their maths so they can help Anansi. Absolutely. I think um, with some of the times tables, you may have to add new bits to the story. So for hmm. the 12 and the 11 times tables, uh, you're not going to find many creatures that live in the jungle with 11 legs. So you might have to think no. about how you could yeah. work that in but. a millipede that's had a few amputated maybe. <laughs> 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 or some siamese ladybird twins i think it's siamese twins. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we have time for today folks if you try out any of these ideas or if you'd like us to help you teach a topic you're soon to cover with your young learners let us know on social media using at teach happily or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Tomorrow we'll have Anansi's help teaching science, but right now it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! And we hope to hear your story soon.